Welcome to Breaking Barriers. You know your path. We know the obstacles. And we can teach you how to tear them down. And now your host, CEO and founder of Adapting Social, John Vigero. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers. Today is another dear one next to my heart because it's somebody who is an authority in the sales world. Uh, guys, help me in uh, welcoming this guest, Ari Galfer. We are super excited. Ari, thank you so much for being here. Um, he is the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. And just be ready for this because there's a lot more to come with this. Um, he is an author of Unlock the Sales Game, The One Call Sale. He's featured in CEO Magazine, Forbes, CNN, Sky News, and the list goes on and on. Um, Ari, thank you so much for being here. And Megan, as my co-host, thank you for being here as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah, listen, that's what it's all about, man. Having fun, learning, and, uh, and rocking and rolling. So for people who are like, what do you mean by trust-based selling? Or how are you the number one you know, uh, authority in it? Talk to us about that, please. Yeah, so I specialize in a unique niche, like, like you mentioned, called trust-based selling, where the concept is that you build such a deep trust with someone so quickly they, this is mobile, what I call mobile vulnerability, where they feel comfortable telling you the truth. Mm. And then this instant connection there that happens in a shorter sales cycle versus a long sales cycle, which we'll talk about today. But mm. look, there's a whole story behind this. There's a concept behind it. has been for 20 years. So happy to share as much as I can today with you, with you guys. No problem. Love that. Thank you. And, and so how did this start? I need to know the origins here. So what were you doing? How did this, uh, how did this innovation come out with trust-based selling? Absolutely. Look, the whole thing happened about 20 years ago. I was a sales manager in a software company. I was managing 18 reps underneath me. We launched the first online website tracking tools. Now it's called Google Analytics, which I'm sure you've probably heard of. Oh, yeah, yeah we definitely have. It's in our day-to-day lives over here, Ari. Yeah. I'm not surprised. So we, we launched the first one of those years ago, and uh, I was managing a growing company. And all the leads came across my desk. There were big opportunities. One phone call came in. I got the phone call. Uh, big, huge company, this contact, really nice guy. He says to me, Ari, we, we, we love what you guys are doing. We'd love to see a demo of your product because we're thinking about using it for our, our company. I was like, oh, this is great. I mean, this, this is a big company. If I make this one sale, it will double the revenue in one deal. That's how big this thing was for the whole company. Wow. So the day finally came. I'm in the conference room with my CEO, closed door behind me, big, long conference table, old school speakerphone. Remember the old Star Trek one, three legs on it, the corporate ones? Yeah. So, uh, I dialed the speakerphone, dialed in the dial tone and, and called him. And he's like, hey, hello. Hey, Ari, how's it going? Good. He says to me, Ari, let us tell you who's on the line with us today. I was like, great. Next thing I hear is, my name's Chris. I'm CEO of the company. I was like, oh, man, CEO. This is great. My name is Mike. I'm head of global IT. Oh, this is even better. My name is Julia. I'm head of marketing. Amazing. I mean, everybody on this call was a decision maker, right? Amazing. Like. They're all there. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen now because they're all there. So I introduced myself, explained what we do. And we logged in, gave a live demo of their websites being collected in real time, all the live data coming in. And I'm showing this to them, clicking around on the screen. And I started hearing this noise on the phone call like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. They started asking me all kinds of questions. You know, how does it work? How do we install it? Who are your clients? Of course, they had all the right kinds of questions. I had all the right kind of answers. There was so much chemistry on this phone call. It was like a love fest on the phone. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Absolutely. It just feels so right. I mean, there's no resistance. 
I'm getting the high five from my boss over here in the corner. He's going, nice job. You know, he's on his phone, putting this car he wants to order with the wheels of his sports car. He's going to get with the bonus money from this deal. I mean, this, this could not have been the most perfect sales call you ever imagined. Uh, a, a, call goes, a call goes by about an hour long. Call comes to an end. My guy's like, Ari, this is great. We love this. Look, give us a call a couple weeks, follow up with us, and we'll move this thing forward. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. I was like, oh, this is my, this is my the dream, you know? So I, I thanked him so much. I took my arm in my hand and I reached for the speakerphone. As I reached for the speakerphone, hit the off button on the, on the phone by complete accident. I hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were mm. right next to each other and a small click happened and they thought I hung up the phone. In that split second, a voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side. Be a fly in the wall. Go where no one's ever gone in the world of sales before. So in that split second, I pulled my thumb back for a second. They started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Mm. Now, this is not a trick question. What would you expect them to have said after a call like that? What would you imagine they would have said after a call we just had? You'd hope they would say something nice or you'd hope they'd be like, wow, what a great guy or whatever. Or they could have been like, that guy was a schmuck. Look, you'd expect pretty good things after a call like that. And I mean, it was pretty darn perfect, you know? And and let me tell you what I heard word, verbatim word for word. I'll never forget. That's why we're here today. They said this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information. And make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Wow. Knife and heart twist. I was in a state of shock. Wow. I literally hit the off button on the phone, little wall, and I said to myself, what did I do wrong? I was friendly. I built a relationship with them. I was competent. I did everything I was taught to do by the sales gurus, by the sales books. I mean, I was a student of selling back then, and I asked myself, and what happened? How, how did this happen? And I had one big, huge epiphany. That was this. So somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth yeah. to people who sell. Yeah. Right. Right? It's okay to say things like, sounds good. Send me information. Oh, we're definitely interested. Oh, wait. Send me a what? A proposal. <laughs> and then you got to chase these people. Chase these ghosts and never call you back. Like, what the heck's going on here? Right. And then I realized what's happening. There is an invisible river of pressure that you can't see that flows underneath every sales call you have with someone. And if you aren't aware of that pressure and removing it from the process, what will happen is they'll always keep their guard up, give you free, a few breadcrumbs to keep you interested, but you never get to the truth of where you stand. Mm. And I realized that I can shift the model here and shift the mindset away from the goal of the sale and instead building on a real deep trust with people and you know where you stand, that'll end the whole chasing game, the process of, of the dehumanization, and just doubling your conversion rate by building real trust. That became the whole premise behind our unlock the sales game approach 20 years ago. Wow, I love that. You know, it's so crazy how one moment like that can change somebody's life. And 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 I love your uh, you know, your radical transparency in saying the fact that you did stay on the call, you did listen into what they said, as opposed to you know, oh, well, you know, you changed and whatever else, because some people, some people can listen into that and be like, 
wow, what an ass. He, he listened in. You know, that's completely wrong to do. Yeah. But I love that you're, you're transparent about it. And then obviously you move it into a different game. So one of the things I have a question on, and I know me being a salesperson, so many people that listen into our, our podcast are all about understanding how to better sell their product, sell themselves. Um, so now you, you gave us this great, this great you know, story of how it started. So now what did you do next? So I quit my job. I'm like, this is so wrong ethically to chase someone. It's dehumanizing. It's dysfunctional. This has got to stop. I said, I'm I'm done with this. I'm not going to be in a position again for the rest of my life where I'm going to be lied to by a prospect ever again. And I'm going to build a solution for everyone else to get out of that situation too. So they can double their conversion rate and stop chasing ghosts. Right. And that led to me to the whole idea of understanding why it's going on, the myths around this, and really figuring out how, why is this happening, how do we fix it, and how do we shift the whole industry to a new way of thinking around this. Mm-hmm. This podcast is sponsored by Hatteras, a leader in print-based communications, with services ranging from high-impact direct mail and packaging to retail graphics and environmental branding. Hatteras helps global brands engage with their target audience through the power of print. Reach out to them at hatteras.us for help with your next print project. I love it. I love it. And um, so, I mean, I have, I have a bazillion questions, but one of the ones I want to start with, do you want to start into some of the three questions that we had? Yeah. I mean, speaking of myths, I think you had uh, three sales myths for us. Yeah. So first, to get kind of rolling here, we got to take care of the old hard drive thinking in the back of our brains about how we've been conditioned to sell in the past. Like, there's a classic one. You, I know you know this one, which is sales is a numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you heard that before in your career where oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's about how many, how many, the more calls you make, the more sales you make, right? That's the concept. Mm-hmm. But what we discover now in this economy, it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation, not how many contacts you make that day which is a very different way of measuring a sales team or your performance. Number two is the myth that the sale is lost at the end of the process. We mm. discovered the sales now lost at the beginning of the process, not the end. And I'll prove it to you right now. If someone gives you a call tomorrow morning on your phone, you pick it up and you hear, hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, what goes through your mind in about three seconds? Uh, I'm going instantly to like shut out. Like, yeah. uh, I'm being sold. I'm hanging up. It's over at hello. Mm -hmm. And I'm not suggesting that your folks are all cold calling, but I will make the case today that many of your viewers and listeners are losing their sales, not at the end of the process. They're losing it at the beginning, which will shock a lot of people from today. Um, And I'll drop some bombs today, which will be a lot of fun as well uh, for some people. I love it. The last myth is this idea that rejection is part of the sales process. Like, if you have the old member, the old sales manager who said, hey, if you can't take a no, if you're not tough enough, if you don't have thick skin, you're not made for success. You got to get out there and get beat up a little bit to, to, to be tough. Right. You know, we, yeah. Remember that? Yep. Well, we, we discovered in our research that rejection is triggered by certain things you say and do unconsciously that cause the other person to push back on you. And if you know what those triggers are, that you don't have to have rejection ever again, mm. ever experience it again. It can be removed from your life permanently if you understand the shift around this concept. Those are the three myths that I want to kind of knock out first before we get into the whole principles, examples of how to actually use this in real life. 
I love it. I love it. I think I think some of the people listening in at this point in time are probably like, Dan, this sounds too good to be true. Who is this guy? <laughs> That's what um, happened at the beginning. People don't believe it's true because they're so conditioned right. to the, the negativity and the chasing and the pain. And their your system becomes used to that. And you go, you say, there's no way out of this. It's like being abused. At some point, you're like, I can get out of the situation. And that's why it requires a mindset shift and openness to be willing to step out of your old world into a new world. Right, right. I love that. Um, let's dive into, um, so what are, some, what are some of the principles that you have that unlock the sales game for people? Definitely. Okay, so let me give you guys some great examples of how to use this stuff in real life. So there's a couple of principles behind our system. And we also invented our own what we call trust-based languaging. Words and phrases used to actually make this happen in real time to build that trust and move everything forward. So let's do principle number one. The first one is the idea of always be diffusing pressure, taking pressure out of the conversation to get to the truth. Let me give you an example of this. Let's say you're on the phone with somebody for a first conversation, they're a lead. Mm -hmm. And first call on the phone, great conversation, good chemistry, looks like a good fit for you. And the call kind of comes to an end naturally. What are we trained to say to someone at the end of a call like that. That's not a trick question. What do we normally say to someone if we think we got something on the hook here that's a good opportunity? We say things like what? How about we schedule next call or you know, talk about next steps? That's right. We are conditioned to move things where? Forward. Forward towards the sale, right? Mm -hmm. But what can happen if you try and move things forward early on and they aren't ready yet? What do you break with them right there early in the process? Dr. Zhao is an expert with the leading residential solar company in the country. His passion to help others combined with the goal of having the world run on the sun can change how our planet is powered forever. It costs you nothing and can either totally eliminate your electric bill or at least cut it down significantly. It's free money. Go to www.drjoenosolar.com to see if you qualify for solar and help make the world a better place. Well, I so... I don't know if I would say, for me, I don't know if I would say I think trust first, but what I think is, is they're just too pressured, so they feel like they're disengaged, like they're left brain now, and now they're like, you know what, this guy's going to make me rush to get to where I want to go, and I'm uncomfortable now. I break my comfortability right. with you. And when you're uncomfortable, trust is broken, and you lose yes. them right there and then early on. So, same scenario, great conversation, good chemistry, call comes to an end, rather than saying, hey, how about we go to the sale, what we say instead is this. We say, where do you think we should go from here? Mm. Mm. And put it in their lap, I see. I like that. I'll say it again. That's a bomb drop right there. It's a bomb drop right there. <laughs> here comes the B-52. <laughs> where do you think we should go from here? Mm. I like that a lot. Me too. Now, when you say to somebody, Usually, they're in a state of shock. Mm -hmm. They can't believe somebody in business will say to them what they want to do. That, that's, that's the whole shift. Then what happens is when you say to them, where do you think we should go from here? They usually say things like, I I've got one more question. Well, what about this? You know what comes out? The truth. Right. And that is the goal. The goal is for you to get to the truth of people early on in your process so you're right. not chasing all these ghosts who drop breadcrumbs, getting you excited, hoping you might have something on the hook. Right. 
Wow, that's a that's a big one. That's a big one. We got more coming, believe me. So hang on. <laughs> so that that yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that one. That one's super important. I think just for anybody listening out there right now, um, you've said it so perfectly, man. And I think that we live in a world where not only are we conditioned if you go to some sort of sales training, but I think we're conditioned by the movies we watch, right? There's like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, there's so many boiler, you know, boiler room. There's so many movies that are such big salespeople movies. And, you know, it's all about do whatever the fuck you have to do to get them to sign the dotted line. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters, right? And it's typically aggressive, right? They said no, call again or tell them why or, or dive deeper, right? And I love that, like, you're kind of reverse engineering the process to, you know, still obviously add value in what you're selling, but more so just on their terms. And I think that, you know, there's so many different ways, especially like, and again, I've, I've been through it myself, where it's like, oh, you know what, to get them done faster, maybe we'll offer a special, or we'll offer a discount, or we'll offer this, or we'll offer that, as opposed to just really knowing what they need. Look, the world has changed in the last couple of years. If you're still selling the way you have before things changed, you're mm -hmm. in serious trouble. Correct. Because Correct. people know that game a mile away. Totally. They know at hello that you have an agenda that's yours and not theirs. They can tell immediately that you're on the sales process, which is 1980s circa that that that, that time frame. And man, it's over in their mind. They'll they'll keep talking to you. By the way, they'll keep feeding information. You'd be like, oh man, this is looking good. But in the back of their head, they're going, I don't trust them. Mm -hmm. I don't trust them. I'm right. not comfortable here. And, but they won't tell you that. So your goal is to build a this bubble of vulnerability with them and authenticity where they just open up to you and you know where you stand. So you can disengage or move forward and let people go who are not a fit. What do you so what do you what do you do where you find yourself in a position where maybe you don't vibe with somebody? Let's just say a quick example sake, right? Um, let's just say, you know, you are yourself, right? And you're you're in the process of trying to sell to somebody who's like a very successful 17-year-old, right? Who's like super trendy and whatever else, right? Do you style shift? How do you get yourself on a level of of camaraderie if there's two way different people? You don't adapt to them, mm. first of all. Right. You focus in on what their problem is they want to solve. Mm -hmm. You become the doctor. They're the patient. See, what we try and do, we try and adapt to the other person. Hey, how's it going? Hey, see, we're working really hard to mm -hmm. build what we call a relationship with people. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? In sales, we're taught build a relationship with someone. When I, you know, tell my clients, I say, stop building relationships. Mm. You build them after they're a client, not before they're a client. Because one, they don't want to become your friend. Two, they know it's fake anyways. And three, it's just a sales bullshit stuff. Like, hey, how's it going, buddy? Like, they know the game. So right. what I what what I say is stop stop building relationships. Instead, provide clarity for them. Mm. on what their issues are right, and how to solve the problem. It's like a doctor or patient. When you go see a doctor, they don't try and become your friend. Mm -hmm. What they say to you first is, where does it hurt? Mm -hmm. And with bedside manner and empathy, they help you unpack your issue with an x-ray, right? They put it on the white thing and the light bulb, and they're like, 
you got that's the problem they go oh wow and you you take them through a process where you're building trust with them see here's what i've discovered relationship building and trust building are mutually exclusive mm. meaning you don't have to build a relationship with someone to build trust with them which is a total head turner because people have been brought up to believe they got a lady and thick from the beginning to build that friendship first yeah that's that's an interesting perspective man and i'll say because i think even me like i've always done it the opposite way you know especially when i was growing up because i felt like i was a young kid nobody trusted me because i was too young um and uh you know and so i was always in the relationship building mode um constantly and, and it worked a great deal at the time but i definitely could see how you, what you're saying though because if somebody calls me like i'm the salesman at adapting social right and the ceo but when somebody calls me and talks to me if they're trying to sell me something I like you said I see bullshit from a mile away so when you're and again when you're trying to work b2b especially right if you're trying to work with business owners like we are here um, you know you have to understand that they're so they're so number one tired of it right they don't want to be solicited um, and on top of it they just they get it they know it they've been through it they've done it so it's such a it's just a difficult way to try to fake that shit yeah here's the thing either you take the path of most resistance or the path of least resistance. Right. And today is the path of least resistance. And you have to choose for yourself. You wanna keep fighting the battle? Then all the power to you. But if you are open to making a shift, you'll see money rolling your direction with less effort, less numbers, and less energy. Right. So right. That's, uh, that's, that's sort of the, the key principle number one, taking that pressure out. Number two, is the idea of what I call getting to the truth of people, the truth. Now, what that means is having the other person feel comfortable opening up to you and telling you exactly where you stand so you're not guessing anymore. Let me give you an example. Only recently someone called my office. They got through my team, got to me. The phone rings. I pick it up, and I hear Mr. Galper. I go, yeah. Uh, he says, my name is John Johnson. I changed the name. He's with a huge company. He's like, look, Ari, we're looking to bring someone to our company, change our, change our salespeople. Uh, train them. We're looking at you and two other people. We like them. First of all, why should we go with you? Why are you the best? And give me your best sales pitch. He says this to me on an inbound call. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I'm a human being too. They're a huge company, massive, like billion dollar company. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm human, so I, I took a deep breath. I got centered my approach, my mindset. I lowered my voice and I said this to him. I said, well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> he probably sat there like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And I just paused for a minute and I said, over here, our company, we have a very similar process to you where we ask a few questions, gather information to see if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, we decided where to go from there. And I said to him, would you be open to that? Mm. Dead silence. Not a word in the phone next. Like just quiet. I was like, oh, he's still there? Then I felt that he, as you breathe across the phone, like he just let a breath of relief out. He lowers his shoulders. I could feel him coming, like becoming human again. He calm, he just, he becomes human. He lowers his voice and he says to me, uh, okay. What kind of questions do you have for me? Mm. Oh. Next thing I know, within five minutes, I discover one, 
he's not a decision maker. Two, he has no budget. And three, he's just curious as to what I do. Wow, interesting. So off he went to YouTube for my videos, for, for some free stuff. I hung up the phone five minutes later. Now, what did my process just save me months of? Time and follow-up and, you know, thinking that this billion-dollar company is going to be a big billable for you. That's right. The whole chasing process and actually this drug in our bodies is latent. And it's turned on with inbound calls like that. You know what the drug is called? Mm, what? It's called hopium. <laughs> I like that. Hopium. Hopium. You're like, woohoo, man, I got the phone call. You go to your you go to the team, team board. Big deal pending. Yeah, I got the call. You're so excited. High five, guys. Man, I'm the shit. I'm so hot. I got that phone. I they called me. They called me. And then mm -hmm. you follow up with the guy and you get his voicemail. Like, what? He's not even there. <laughs> then you go to your computer, open your open your email up, and you write, Hi, I'm just writing to you to what? To follow up, see how things going. Follow up. Right. Now I'm gonna ask you and your listeners right now, take a verbal oath with me, a verbal one, to remove one key phrase forever as of today and never use it ever again. And here it comes. Now, if you've been in sales for a long time, this might hurt just a bit. Hopefully that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask all your viewers and listeners to never again use the phrase follow-up as of today, ever again. Mm. Wow. What do you use instead? What's the only industry in the world that uses the word follow-up? Sales. Sales. Hi, I'm giving you a call follow-up. We're talking like 1980s. The minute you say that, it's over. They know yeah. exactly where you sit. The stereotypical guy on that phone. See, that's the problem. So... When you say follow up, you're saying to move things where? Towards the sale. Now, here's how we do it. We have a whole body work around this. It goes like this. I'm giving you a call to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation. Any feedback on our last meeting. Any feedback on the proposal. Feedback's going where? Oh, backwards, away from the sale, not towards the sale. See, when you create momentum towards a sale, you put pressure on them, they shut down, and now you're chasing ghosts. If you take the pressure out using what we call our trust-based languaging, right. you create this connection, and you've got them right there. Mm. That's, that's absolutely fire, man. You're, I, I didn't expect to be dropping these types of bombs here today. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I have, listen, and, and you know what, and it's, it's not only language, right? It's also writing because I think a lot of us now, we utilize drip campaigns, text message campaigns. I can tell you right now, I have multiple series of drip campaigns that have the words follow-up in the title. <laughs> right here, right now, I'm telling you, Ari, right now. They're going out today. They're probably like 10 going out right now as we're talking. We got to change that now. But I like, right, I like, I like what you're saying though because, you know what, listen, it's like, when I'm in that position, you know, the best part for anybody listening in here, even if, you know, I love uh, anytime we have people on here who are in sales authority, you know, and really pushing innovation towards sales because you hear, I love that the thing about sales is there's so many different styles, right? And there's so many different people and there's so many different tonalities. Um, and one of the things, you know, that, that uh, one of our other guys that came on here, he had mentioned how like people who say the words, I'm not a salesman or I'm not in sales, right? But like everybody is constantly selling themselves, whether you're on a dating site, whether you're trying to get your kids to listen to you, whatever the hell it is, right? 
And what I love that you're saying though is because we've all, we, anybody, in, even people listening in who are not in sales, but have been at a car dealership or have had people approach them in New York City with a flyer telling them to go to a show. At the end of the day, we all know the instant place our mind goes, which is to reject those people. And so when you say things like, I remember when you know somebody reached out to me, you know, I've even, you know what, you know, this is going to change a lot of people too, because not only are you trying to help people in the sales position, but also the people who are owning a business, because most people that listen are in business. Um, but it's mainly about the fact that like you shouldn't waste other people's time. Maybe you should also be transparent with other salespeople too, because I think I've found myself, and this goes a couple years back, but like there's been times where people gave us different pitches that were vendors for adapting social, and I thought it was a great idea in the beginning, and then it changed my mind, and I felt bad telling them, so I just kept kind of like, oh, I'm thinking about it. But to them, means like, okay, boom, there's a chance, there's hope, I'm gonna keep following up with John. And I didn't give it to him straight all the time, but I think a big lesson here today too is you know you reap what you sow. So if you're tired kicking other people, what's going to eventually happen to you? Um, so well, I love it's that. Beyond just selling, this is about life. This is about children, your husband, your wife, a relationship. This is about how can you become more authentic with yourself and the other person, so that the time compression happens quickly. I'm working on a new book next year called The One Call Sale, mm. which will compress the sales cycle for multiple steps into one single conversation. Wow. wow. That's awesome. That's cool. It'll be a yes or a no. There'll be no more follow-up. There'll be no more maybes. There'll be no more I'll think about it. There'll be no more let me check my boss anymore. It'll be gone. Right. Hmm. I love that. Definitely will be a customer of that. That's for sure. Um, what is something uh, we're, we're approaching the end here? Time flies and you're having fun here. Geez. Um, one of the questions that I have for you, um, especially me being in sales as well, is what is one of your most proud moments in your sales career? Well, I'll tell you. Um, one thing that's motivated me and kept me in the straight line on this for 20 years now is my son, Toby, when he was born, after the day after he was born, we are told that he had Down syndrome. Mm. And at first, we know what it meant to our lives. We realized we had a gift on our hands. Mm. And if you notice when Down syndrome, you know they're amazing, beautiful people. They're just so yeah. transparent and loving, and they have no hidden agenda. I wrote a book about him called Lessons from Toby, mm. how to be centered in your life and business and personal life. And I learned from him, and he's the role model. Mm. How can you connect with people in a way where they feel that your agenda is theirs? And he's our mascot, man. He, he's the role model we have to become because we are we, we go to work each day. We put what we call sales armor on us. We put a shield around us. We change who we are and we lose our authenticity. We start playing games with people. We start doing all this stuff. And now we lose all the opportunity because people can tell you're not real. So I think... The trust is the new currency, real trust. And if you aren't consciously focusing on this every single day and learning this new skill, you'll play the numbers game the rest of your life and just really at some point will incrementally go down on your, on your performance. Right. That's, that's so powerful. That's so freaking powerful. I love it. Um, now, as we get towards the end here, um, there, there was three things, right? So we had the principles. We had... Um, the salesmiths and the course story. I think we went through everything. Oh, we cut them all. Okay, perfect. Um, I like to ask this question. I think you're a great candidate to ask this question to as well. I like to put my guests a little bit on the hot seat and put them on the spot. I think you're the perfect guy for it. But you can't say that's interesting. 
following my question. <laughs> um, but so I like to really go deep and I like to also understand because obviously we're all on this planet. We have a mission. We have things that we want to accomplish. But I like to think about it in the reverse engineer effect. So, you know, when it's your time, you know, and, and you go, what is that, you know, gravestone going to say, right? You know, typical stereotypical loving father, husband, this, that, whatever. You know, what is Ari Galpers going to say? It's going to say this quote. It's going to say, stop selling build trust instead i love it i love that too i'll be remembered by the guy who wasn't afraid to challenge all the gurus out there who are still teaching it the old way Mm, i love that i love that and is there any adage that you have or quote that you live by that motivates you yeah that's funny because i'm working on a bumper sticker right now for my private clients and, and i'll show it to you right here doctors don't do coffee (laughs) <laughs> where should we go from here I like that one too what that means is you've got to realize your model is like a clinician diagnosing a problem building trust and stop overdoing the relationship thing from the beginning mm. got it i like it i like it and so this is the part where you plug yourself so where can people engage with you find you so please name your socials your websites and things coming out like your book um, and how they can interact with you Really simple. Go to unlockthegame.com. There's a video there you can watch for an intro course. There's my books are all there right now. Uh, we can we can do a consultation with you as well. You and your team discuss where we can help you. But look, also LinkedIn, I'm really accessible. Connect with me there. Say hello. I do a show there once a month called Stump the Guru, mm. where you can jump on live and throw me your toughest sales challenge. See if I can answer it in front of a live audience. And um, love that. I'm pretty I'm pretty famous for doing live cold calls in front of audiences. Uh, and I have them come on stage and bring me their toughest client. And I call them in front of the whole group. So I'm wow. not afraid to handle whatever you can come. So bring me what, bring me what you've got, uh, throw me a bomb and we'll play around with it. That's I cool. love it. That's fire, man. That's really cool. So that's where I can find you. Everybody, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, one of the things we like to end off with here is create an amazing day. You're in charge of it. Um, Ari Galper, everybody. Thank you so much, my man. You've been awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.